Hello, animation fans, and welcome to another iAnimate podcast. I'm your host, Larry Vasquez, and you're listening to episode 53. In this episode, you'll be listening to Brian Ingram. Brian is the co-founder and CEO of Brazen Animation. Brazen is, is a fairly new company, but um, they made some great waves, pun intended, with their recently released Tempest short, released a couple months back, that really just highlighted the talent there at their studio. Brian has enjoyed a long and uh, great career over at Real Effects uh, for many years um, there in Dallas, Texas where he worked on such movies as Open Season 2, Open Season 3, Everyone's Hero, and uh, probably more notably as well as the uh, Looney Tunes shorts. It was really neat to be able to speak with Brian, just being able to talk about his career and how that's influenced him as an artist and as well as a uh, leader in his company there at Brazen Animation, how that's influenced uh, how they see things, what they want to do, and uh, what they expect from their artists. So um, I'm sure you'll greatly enjoy this uh, podcast. Give it a listen. Make sure we get going. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you very much for meeting me on this here. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. <laughs> it's always nice to talk to people in the industry and I think particularly for people who are looking to do some uh, unique stuff here. So uh, we'll get to talk about that and uh, your studio there. Our animation community obviously loves hearing from people like you. And so it's always a neat treat to get you guys in here. So really thank you for uh, your time on this. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. And it, it means a lot, um, you know, to, to talk with someone like you and, and all the cool things that you're doing with iAnimate and also even your studio, which is really cool. So uh, I really appreciate that. Awesome. Thank you very much. Thank you. Um, I always like to dive in a little bit to kind of hear the backstory. I think one of the things that makes uh, it unique is to kind of hear how somebody got into the industry, uh, their path, um, and kind of what's shaped them, I guess, a little bit. So I know you've got some background there at Real Effects, but just kind of even how you got into the animation community, um, studied the animation or whatever, where you did that at, and uh, kind of how you got to where you're at now. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So I have to actually go back further. My, my mom, uh, I have to credit her tremendously. She was a, a theater uh, director and teacher. So she um, taught stage acting and taught and, and, and directed um, plays growing up. I used to go with her late at night um, to rehearsals and literally would watch plays. And now she tells me I did this. I don't remember this uh, until maybe later on when I was older, but I, I got so used to going to the plays and her rehearsals, I would learn the lines. <laughs> and uh, and then I would actually cue the actors if they forgot their line. It was, it's, it's kind of bizarre. Uh, so, um, and, and, and my mom was, was so instrumental in, we would watch films and uh, I didn't think it was odd at the time, but now looking back, it was, it was sort of strange. We would watch films and she would break the film down to me um, like break the acting down or break, you know, the plot very, my mom. So she was a theater teacher and director, but also her master's was in, um, classical literature. Mm, very so, cool. so, so very, very much, you mm. know, um, that, that type of background. Um, so I actually acted growing up. She started putting me in her plays. I was in community theater, then, um, acting junior high and high school. Uh, I, I sort of did two things. I I played football and then acted, which I know they don't always go together. But uh, so in the so in the in the fall, I would play football. In the spring, I would do one act play. That's what we did. It was a basically what you would do is you would take uh, in Texas. I grew up in Texas. There's the football. That's why. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and so in te in Texas, one act play. What you would do is you take a three act play, and you have to 
make it work as a one act 45 minute uh, stage play. Mm. And then you would compete and literally it, it's like football in that you actually compete against other schools and you then, you know, you went, you win say like a uh, district and then you go to area and then you go to regional and eventually go to state. Oh, okay. And so um, when I was in high school, we were lucky, we were lucky enough to go to regional all four years and state twice. Um, and I acted in my mom's plays. And so um, I got an, uh, an acting scholarship my first years of, of college. That's awesome. And so um, now I always drew, I was always drawing, but it was, it was drawing was more, more or less a, a hobby as far as it wasn't something I was pursuing um, and acting wasn't necessarily what I was pursuing. I knew I didn't want to necessarily go become an actor either. Okay. So I listened to, you know, of course you listen to like your parents and family and stuff. And so it was like, be a doctor, be a lawyer, you know, <laughs> do, do a financial, be a financial advisor. Uh, and so I switched majors constantly. In fact, um, it took me a while to get out of college. I was in college um, seven years that's usually a doctor, right? Yeah, there you uh, go. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, but but I, I switched schools five times. I switched majors five or six times. Uh, at one point, I I'd, I'd, I'd thought about maybe I should be a, a, a football coach. So I was actually taking the classes to be a football coach. And, man, it was, it was really crazy trying to find my path. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the ironic thing is if someone had just looked at me and said, you know, these are the things, what have you always done? Mm-hmm. Well, I've always drawn and acted. What is that? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's animation. Right, right. right. And, but no one had ever really helped me with that. And so it took me a long time to figure out what that was and what I was supposed to do. And, um, and so eventually I, I ended up, you know, I, I was at a and I, I mean, I was everywhere. Um, eventually I, I went to UT Arlington. Uh, okay. it's, it's here in Dallas. Uh, you know, there's Dallas Fort Worth, which is the sort of the Metroplex. Um, and, um, I got my degree in live action. It was film it was live action film. So it was, uh, an art degree with the emphasis in film and also took some like graphic design and, and things like that. Mm. Knowing that I wanted to do animation. Now they didn't have a program for animation. They kept saying they would get one. And so every semester I would go and go, so is this the semester that that I get to learn animation? (laughs) No, not this semester, but next semester we promise we'll get someone. And remember there weren't any online schools. Mm -hmm. You know, I animate didn't didn't exist. Um, It was just books and tutorials and anything I could find. Uh, So essentially I was just teaching myself CG animation. Okay. And I didn't know that you could really specialize. I, I had the impression that you actually had to just be a generalist. So I was teaching myself, you know, modeling and rigging and animation and lighting and texturing. I, I was trying to just do all, my, all the stuff myself. Mm-hmm. Horrible, horrible, <laughs> right? The, self, the self-taught is horrible. Um, and, uh, and so, in, in fact, the, I, I learned initially on Lightwave. Okay, yeah, okay. very familiar yeah. with that one. Lightwave, and if, if you recall that you could only animate in Messiah, right? Messiah was the plug-in. Yeah. Uh-huh. Right? And it was so, a modeling package at the time. Exactly. So, and then, and then, um, uh, eventually got a copy of Maya, started learning Maya and, um, and, and really learned from there. Now I graduated in the same week that I graduated college, also got married, which I do not recommend to anyone. <laughs> <laughs> that was the craziest week I can tell you. Uh, so, uh, something hit me at that moment. It's like, what am I going to do? You know, I had, had this film degree. I, I, I was self-taught, but I really didn't, 
know very much, you know, about animation other than just what I tried to teach myself, you know, and, um, had a, had a wife to take care of. I'm like, what am I going to do? She was still in school. What are we going to do? I, I kind of had like this, it wasn't a midlife crisis. It was like a quarter life crisis, I guess. Right. <laughs> Got to figure so, something out. Huh? Right, let's figure something out. So, um, so I actually, uh, started working, um, at, uh, do you remember circuit city? Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Okay. So I got a job at circuit city selling. And I, by the way, I'd worked at retail before. Like I'd, I'd done, I'd worked at like the Levi's store and done retail. And I'd, I'd, I was a waiter. And so I'd, I'd been working through college right throughout. Um, and you know, retail and service. So I got this job at circuit city and it was, if you call it, it was a hundred percent commission. So if you didn't sell, you didn't get paid. Wow. So, uh, luckily, I ended up being okay. I was sitting in the computer department selling computers. So I ended up being okay at it, saved enough money. And I, I had a weird feeling about that job that I just, it wasn't going to last for, for some reason, you know, Best Buy was just kicking our butt, you know? And, um, and so I was just saving as much money as I could. Well, you know, six months into that, they, we all show up to work and they basically lay us all off. They laid off 4,000 4, people that day. Oh my gosh. And, um, and they went to a, a, um, an hourly situation where they basically just hired new people instead of, instead of keeping the people they had and, and trying to offer them the opportunity to stay, they just let everybody go. Right. Mm. So of course now my family, they're like, okay, what are you going to do? Go get another job. Again, remember I had this degree. I didn't know what I was going to do. Um, and they're like, well, just go get another retail job. I was like, look, man, I've got to, I've got to learn this stuff. Mm -hmm. So I for, said, forget everybody. I told my wife, I said, I'm just going to like not work for a while. And I'm just going to, we're going to live off the, what we'd saved, And I'm just going to just put my head down every day and learn and get together the best demo reel, demo reel I can. And so that's what I did every day. I got up and I just put together, I did another animation, another animation, another animation, just put together the best demo reel I could. Um, so I was sending my stuff around okay. and, uh, I'd, I'd hear like, like a little bit, Hey, yeah, maybe you can come in as a, you know, as an intern or maybe you can come in as a PA or, you know, I, I was getting a little of that, but no one would really bite. And so, uh, I know it's a long story, so I apologize. No, I'll, no, I'll, 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 I'll go get through it. it quickly. Um, six more months of that, sending my stuff around, didn't hear anything from anybody except just little, you know, potential opportunities. Um, and I was running out of money, so I had to go get another job. <laughs> so I went to work at Smoothie King making smoothies, which by the way, that was a super cool job. Okay. You, get to talk, you have to talk to people every day just making smoothies. Um, and I had this opportunity where I got in the, the, my manager really liked me. He owned, he owned the store and he was about to open a new store. And so he said, Hey, how about, I, he was going to go open the new store and he said, how about Brian, you become the manager of this, this old store. He said, I'll start you at, what was it? Uh, $32,000 a year. Okay. Okay. Now that was a big deal. Cause I was making like, you know, $8 an hour or something like that. Mm -hmm. Right. And, um, and so, uh, then literally the next day I got a call from real effects and they said, Hey, we saw your stuff. We'd love to bring you in. We'll bring you in as, as an unpaid intern as a three month unpaid internship. So I could either stay 
and be a manager at Smoothie King uh-huh. or go do unpaid internship real effects. Well, it's a no brainer. Right? <laughs> so that's pretty so, gutsy. Yeah. So, so I, uh, and, and we only had enough money like to last a month. Mm-hmm. Right. My wife, my wife, my, my wife and I were, had very little money. Um, and so I went to my manager and I didn't want to tell him that, that I was not going to get paid. Right. So he, he said, well, I understand this is your passion and, and, and your dream, what you want to pursue. I, I really hope they're taking care of you. I said, yes, sir, they are. Yeah. They're taking care of you. <laughs> so, so I, I knew going into I knew going into real effects that I it was three months, but I only had a month. And and I'll tell you, dude, I was I was praying. Like, <laughs> I mean, like, please God help me. You know, uh-huh. please help me get, get, make this opportunity happen. You know, if you want this for me, then, then please do it. Uh-huh. So, so it was just, it was a, a, a very, um, so, uh, got in and man, I worked around the clock. That's I mean, awesome. I, I, I was determined to get hired and, um, anything I had to do. I, I in fact, I, I was building desks for artists. I was building chairs from artists. I was changing light bulbs. I was, um, and I would go home every night and I would just do, if I wasn't staying to work, I was going home every night and working and practicing and, there, and huh? practicing and bring it back the next day and getting awesome. feedback. And it was just, um, it, it was just, I cannot, I just can't fail. I can't, right? <laughs> that was not an option. Huh? It was not an option. <laughs> and so, and so crazy enough, again, I'm running out of money, uh, a month to the day that I started there. Um, my, the, the founder of, of real effects, um, brought me into his office, said, well, uh, you, I don't think you're good enough to be an animator yet. I was like, oh. <laughs> he said, he said, but, but you know, camera, right? Cause you know, I, I, I studied yeah, film in film, school. Yeah. So, you know, camera and you know, Maya. So I'll start you out as a junior layout artist. Awesome. Making $37,000. Awesome. That's killer. So, man, it, it was really, yeah, it was, it was really cool. Um, That's and, awesome. And, and, and I'll tell you, it was one of those moments where you go home to like, it was out of a movie. I went home to my wife, and you know, we're in a little bitty cramped apartment. And I walk in, and I said, "They hired me," <laughs> and, and, and she's like, "Yeah!" And like we hug and we embrace and we like fall on the floor and like we're rolling around, right? I mean, it was like, it was like totally out of a movie. So. Uh, you storyboarded so, this beforehand, right? Exactly, so you knew, right. you knew it. That, yeah. Right, exactly. <laughs> and so, so from, so from that point on, um, I just really, I started to learn as, as an accelerated pace. You know, I've, I've told people before that, uh, when you're thrust into a position, when you're working into a, in a company, the difference between learning on your own learning, um, you know, in a, in a studio environment, it's literally like, you know, I'm really thirsty and I want to learn, right? I, I'm, I'm thirsty. I want to take a drink. And when it's on your own, it's like a sip here, a sip there. But when it's in a studio environment, it's like getting hit in the face with a fire hydrant. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> you cannot help, but like you're gonna, you will learn. Mm-hmm. You have to learn, right? Yeah. And um, and so it was really cool. Um, we we were very small. We were like 20, 25. I, we 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 were small studio at that point, and um. We, were, we had just started working on, we were doing a lot of commercial work and we started working on um, a direct to DVD movie. It was, it was for GI Joe. It was a Marvel, not Marvel, excuse me. It was a GI Joe Hasbro. Okay. Um, a couple, a couple of those direct to DVD films. Actually, they actually package them with the toys, right? Oh, okay. Those films. Uh-huh. And, um, and so that was what I did. Now 
I was determined to again, be an animator. So I was hired as a to junior, junior layout artist. So I would do layout in a day as my day job and then go home every night and animate and then bring it up. And at some point I got to the point where I started asking for shots like, Hey, give me just, you may not use the animation I do. Just let me try. Just give me something here. Just give me some. And so that became kind of the way I would, I would work. I would, I, I, if I'd hit a roadblock, like let's say the supervisor's like, yeah, Brian, I don't think you're ready for that. I would just say, Hey, this shot, just, just let me try. You don't have to, just let me try. And I would do that. And I would do it over and over until I just kept basically proving myself over and over and over. Um, and, uh, became, of course, a, I was a junior layout artist, then a junior animator. Then eventually as I became a better animator, uh, someone else's, was brought in to take over the layout. So you're getting to animate more now. You can animate more now. Nice. Um, and I, I would say there were two things that happened. Um, we started to grow quickly. We were getting better projects. We also, we, they, we took on an investor, right? So, so an investor came mm -hmm. into the studio. He, uh, Tom Carsotis, he, he owns fossil, right. Watches, um, or started fossil watches. And so that helped acceleration quite a bit, but we brought in Keith Lango, so Keith, I don't know mm. if you're from, so mm -hmm. brought, in, brought in Keith Lango. And so he was, he was my supervisor, um, in this kind of transition, learned a ton from Keith and, um, and that was really great. I, I was still in the process as an animator of, of having a lot of happy accidents. So what I mean by that is that I didn't, I was animating, but I didn't understand really properly how to think about animation. Okay. Um, it was, it was a lot, it was, I worked really, uh, purely spline right? It, I wasn't really that pose to pose. I was still very spliny, like go in and just start moving them stuff. Mm. Um, and so my shots were getting better, but it was more like it, it was, it was the kind of the typical, like, um, I would do something and then hit, Oh, save, save. That was, <laughs> that, right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, hope, I hope I don't lose that. <laughs> yes. Cause I don't know if I can do it again. Right. Uh -huh. That kind of thing. Right. Uh -huh. Um, and then I think when my, when my, when I really as an animator grew tremendously is, is then we brought Ken Duncan in. Oh, okay. Okay. So Ken Duncan came in and I, I really credit him for just taking, taking, you know, my, my skill and my understanding of animation to another level. And in fact, he, you know, he told me when he came, he said, look, Brian, you've got some stuff here, but you don't really know what you're doing. <laughs> and, and, and he, he was right because what happened is, you know, Ken was a 2d animator, 20 year veteran at Disney. Mm -hmm. And then he had transitioned uh, he was one of the few that had made a really successful transition to CG. Yeah. So when he came in, um, even though we were doing all CG animation, he, but he broke it down and started training me like a, like a 2d animator. Mm -hmm. Right. And so it really started to push it, it. It changed the way I thought. And, and, you know, a lot of people talk about this a lot, but um, that sort of spline, you know, work from the root method. A lot of that had, had come from ILM and Pixar. Right. Mm -hmm. That, and so, uh, so that had kind of in CG animation that had become more the, the workflow right. for a long time. Mm -hmm. And then a lot of those Disney guys, once the ones that had crossed over had kind of helped push things in more, more pose to pose. Right. 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 More, more breaking stuff down and, and on twos and things like that. And so, um, and thinking about them as more as, as drawings. Yeah. So it was a very interesting, uh, transition because I was kind of caught in the middle of a little bit of that mm -hmm. right as, as a young animator but 
once that happened, my speed went up. I mean, I became tremendously fast mm. um, and and just much better and grew into a, you know, a, um, a senior animator, then a lead, then a supervisor, then I was animation director, and then uh, eventually became director of studio animation. Mm. Now, remember, we were growing really quickly, so you know, we went from 2530 to, I think by the time I left, we were up to 500. Wow. Um, and you know, cause we, we, when I left, we were working on, um, free birds and book of life. Okay. Okay. So we had both those films in the pipe working on, on those things. And, um, and so it was really great. I, you know, I grew in the company. I, I reported directly to the, um, the co-CEO slash COO of real effects. Okay. Um, and my responsibility, I was in charge of art, modeling, rigging, layout, and animation. <laughs> so, th- th- so those, those are my departments. And then I, you know, I had department supervisor reported to me. Um, and we, you know, I'd meet with them uh, once a week, and we talk about, okay, this is this is the direction of this department. This is how I want the departments working together. I'm I'm really huge on collaboration between departments. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of studios, especially big studios, tend to kind of segment them and segment it and they're in yeah. silos and, and, you know, this department do something kind of pitch it over the wall and then the other department just has to deal with it. Right. <laughs> and, and so I really, that was important for me not to have that happen. Mm. Now, what I will say is that, um, there was someone else in charge of lighting and compositing and effects. And so that was the, that was where I'd say things broke a little bit in terms of, um, I, I had a, I had a specific philosophy about how to run the front of real effects pipeline mm-hmm. and he had a different philosophy and so that was that was what i'd say and, you know we tried to work together but we still thought differently and that's the only thing i'd say that, that my regret about that situation is man i, I kind of wish it could have been more cohesive gotcha. throughout the entire pipeline hmm. um but i brought a lot of that obviously uh, with me to brazen and how we want to work and um and so I was continuing to grow at, at real effects over that period of time. And I was there nine years, almost nine years. Mm. And, um, but you know, at some point when you, you I report to the CEO, the CEO and COO, there's not a, a lot of room, uh, for growth after that, as you would imagine. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so I decided to, you know, to leave. I, I'd really, I come from a family of a lot of artists but then um, a lot of men in my family actually are small business owners. Okay. Um, my grandfather, uh, my dad, my uncle, um, my other uncle. I mean, they all kind of <laughs> had their small businesses. And so, and so a, a lot of the people in my family, are, they're either artists or business owners. That's and so interesting. It's, and so it's, yeah, it, it's really bizarre how, how it's happened. And so um, in my role at Real Effects, I will say this is a, a true blessing. As I grew in the company there, um, I was exposed to not just leading projects. You know, I, I was still supervising like the Looney Tunes short films, things uh-huh. like that. Um, so I was creatively still overseeing projects, but then like managing people. And then also I'd go on sales calls. You know, I'd, I'd go, I'd go with the business development guys and go on sales calls. Interesting. I was helping bid jobs with the producers. So it, I, people would come in and they go, I don't understand your role here. Mm. It, it was, a, it, it was a strange role in that way. It was, it was, I was, kind of doing a lot of stuff. Yeah. And I didn't, I didn't think anything about it at the time, but I, I realized now I was just really in a way being prepared for what I'm doing now. You're learning right? the whole part of the, the whole process. thing. Right, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's killer. Very cool. So now you mentioned that the book of life, um, 
was in production at that time. How far, how far along was it during when, before you left? Well, sorry. So, uh, pre-production. So, so I was there at the, at the very beginning of it. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. And, um, and then, um, the last project I worked on before I left was I oversaw the minion. It was a minion ride for universal studios. You know, okay. Where, um, that was really cool. That was a lot of fun. Nice. Uh, technically challenging as you would imagine, you know, because those projects it's, it's 4k, right. And you get in the, this chairs and they're all hydraulic uh. and those high, and you have to program the hydraulic seats to go along with your camera movement. <laughs> and so we were constantly flying back and forth to, to universal to, we basically do some stuff and, you know, and CG and uh -huh. animation, and then we'd go back and test it to see how, how it worked and like, are we going to make the audience sick or when I, you know, whatever. So, uh, so, <laughs> but it was, it was good. It, that was a really fun project. Very that cool. Was, yeah. Um, so you got to work on that one, uh, before I want to keep going into brazen here, but sure. real quick, the Looney Tunes short, that was very, very cool. That was something I think that was, um, I, I kind of took the animation community a little bit, uh, by surprise and, and in a good way, um, to see such a 2d, transition into 3d here can you talk a little bit about that project absolutely yeah um i one of the you know people ask obviously what were your favorite projects that you've worked on that's right up there you know mm -hmm. that has to be um top two or three so right. um so to kind of give you some backstory i won't make the story too long but give some backstory on that is so if you recall um roadrunner and wiley warner brothers had a tv show um that that had been done and the the characters look different than like say the Chuck Jones versions, mm -hmm. and so um, they they had kind of made um, Wiley had a big head and he kind of had big belly and big feet. It was it was it was a little similar to sort of like a an Animaniacs okay kind of kind of stylization of uh -huh. them, but they they definitely look very different than what we were used to you know growing up right right and so. Um, so Matt O'Callaghan was the director, you know, Matt O'Callaghan was, was a former Disney animator. Amazing. Um, I had worked with him actually before on, um, some of the open season movies. Right. Okay. Okay. And, um, you know, Sony had, had farmed the open season two and open se season three out to real effects. Mm -hmm. And so when he went to Warner's, um, they were, you know, they were bidding different studios and I remember, and he recommended, he said, I, I really would like to go, um, with real effects and he called me he's like hey i'm just telling you i'm recommending you guys basically like don't let me down you know <laughs> uh and so uh so I, said, I said i got it i got it matt don't worry um and so uh we got the the designs that we didn't know what it looked like right we were really excited but we didn't know what it looked like we got the designs so then i called matt i said matt so what's the goal here you know, cause they didn't look like the Looney, the old Looney Tunes. Mm. And he said, well, you know, I really, I really would like to do something more along the lines of what we think of as these characters. Right. Um, but what they're trying to do is basically promote the TV show in the same, they want to basically do a, a, a much better version of the TV show cause they were featurettes and they would play before the feature films. Okay. Right? Okay. And I was like, well, so what does that mean? Like put fur on them and stuff. He's like, yeah. And I was like, Oh man. And I, I actually told him, I said, I said, I said, Matt, I'm actually afraid that people are going to blame us for ruining the Looney Tunes. <laughs> because, because it was, it was like, it was like, it was like a weird mishmash of stuff. Uh -huh. You know what I mean? Uh -huh. so, yeah. Um, yeah. And so, um, so that uncanny Valley for, uh, 
Looney Tunes, huh? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so, and so, and you know, and, and what the thing, the thing about those designs is that, uh, just real quick, the reason I had a problem, you know, Wiley's belly was, he was, he was kind of pudgy and fat. Well, if you know that that character is emaciated because he's hungry, yeah, like he's actually chasing the roadrunner to eat him, right? <laughs> so, if you if you look at the chest and the stomach, they had they had swapped exactly, yeah, yeah, right. And so, it's so it's like it's like why this actually breaks the character, mm-hmm. right? The motivation motivationally. So, um, so I said okay, and I didn't tell Matt what I was doing, um, and it was a good thing because he probably would talk me out of it, but. Uh, <laughs> So I told, I, I told my crew, I said, okay, listen, I want to try something. Let's model what, what, what these, what these, you know, designs are with the, the TV show versions. Let's go back. And we went and found the old Chuck Jones, uh, you know, model sheets. Uh-huh. Let's actually model a version. that looks like Wiley, the, no, the way that we know Wiley. Right. So they said, okay. And of course I'm making producers nervous cause it's, you know, cause it's adding to, that's, you know, that's budget there. Yeah. Budget, right. <laughs> so what we did is we, um, we sent both versions over to, uh, Matt and he was at Warner brothers. And so, and, he, and the thing was he had to present it to his boss, which is like, you know, vice president and, you know, um, so he presented it and he showed both versions and they're like, yeah. Now remember, I made a mistake early on because rather than do a sculpt, we actually sent it to Depos. Uh, so I learned from my lesson from that. That was a very bad lesson uh, <laughs> with, wor- working with clients, but um, uh, sent it over and they're like, oh, mm. and, you know, and Matt was pushing obviously the Wiley that we know, but they were like, uh, and it was probably, it was, it was probably the worst thing you want to hear. Can you just combine them? <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> So, uh, so, so we're like, Oh no, because then it was really Frankenstein. Right. Uh huh. Okay. So what was the purpose? Just so that it kind of helped compromise. Yes. Get their goal of wanting to make it look like the show that was going on still. Exactly. Okay. Right. It was like, it was like, it was like, well, maybe, maybe you can take some of what's from this one. And so, and, okay. Uh, okay. So I, so I went to my rigging supervisor and I said, all right, listen, dude, here's what we're going to do go ahead. Let's, let's go ahead and address their notes with the model. However, I want you, I want you to hurry up and rig it. And I want you to keep everything open. Like don't like a- allow me to, to do whatever I want with the rig scale, squash, whatever. Right. Don't, don't shut any channels off. Mm-hmm. He said, okay. So we hurried up and we, we changed the model. He rigged it. And again, I didn't tell Matt what I was doing. So um, I took the, I took the rig over the weekend and I, again, I took Chuck John's model sheet and I just started to pose him and, and actually hit the poses in the model sheet. Nice. So that it looked like Wiley Coyote. And, um, and I'll never forget this. This is so funny. So I sent it to Matt and it was on Skype and I sent it like, I, I, I told production, I said, send it like five minutes before the meeting. The meeting. Okay. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Strategy. And so, uh, <laughs> and so we, and so, and so we got, uh, we sent it over and I, I'll never forget this. The camera came on and all I saw was this. <laughs> and he's like, Brian, you're going to get me fired. <laughs> I said, I said, Matt, I'm, I'm not trying to get you fired. I just cannot, I cannot live with the fact that we can't, you know, I really want to, this is Looney Tune. This is Looney Tune. Yeah. And so he was like, he's like, man, he's like, and he, he had a meeting that afternoon to obviously present. 
So he went to go show them. And once they saw the pose, they're like, okay. Isn't that funny? You're, you're right. It's you're at right. a T pose. And all of a sudden you can see, oh, this is one of the Cody now. Yep. And so, <laughs> so what was so great about that is that once, once they said, okay, now, of course, because I had done all this, we were already behind in production as you would imagine. Yeah. <laughs> so now we had to really hurry, but, um, but it opened everything else up. So then it opened up. Once they did that, I'm like, okay, if, if we're going to do it now, we have to really do it. Right. We're going to do smear frames. We're going to do dry brush, you know, cause we, we developed a way to do a uh, dry brush with the smear frames. Oh, nice. Um, we, what we did is we ended up tying the, um, the shaders. We, we had them so we could actually control them in animation and then it would carry through into, into lighting. Composite. Wow. Okay. Okay. Um, same thing with the transparency, you know, cause we yeah. wanted like, so for example, if you're having multiple, multiple right, limbs, yeah, multiple limbs of stuff and you want to, you want to, you actually want to control how much of the limb you want to see. Right. Right. So I needed to be able to give that feedback and animation and have it carry through. So again, in the rig, we had it built in so you could, you could do the slider, the visibility the slider, and then that would carry through to lighting. Mm -hmm. And so all along I was breaking that, that I felt really bad cause I was breaking everything down the pipeline because <laughs> I'd say, because I would push it, I was pushing animation. So for example, you know, I, I wanted, um, I wanted the, the wheel to, to work a certain way for roadrunner. Uh -huh. right? Again, right. The, yeah. So in order to get that work to work and to look right, we had to be able to do it in animation, had to be carried through all the way to lighting. Um, so again, it was just, it was constantly um, pushing the boundaries of what we had ever done before mm -hmm. and we were doing it in the middle of production. It wasn't like we were doing R and D we were actually right. doing it. We were doing it on the fly literally mm -hmm. as we were working. And, um, and so dude, it was, it was an amazing experience. Um, everyone was so, you know, we worked a lot of hours as you'd imagine, mm -hmm. but everyone was so excited, um, to, to how, how, so how much can we push this? Right. <laughs> uh, I got to read something here to you. Okay. This is, um, I had a quick, Let's see here. A quick note with uh, Katie Hecky. Yes. Okay. So I saw her on LinkedIn, got a quick connection here. I mentioned I was going to be doing a podcast with you. Cool. And she said to say hello. And hello. Then, uh, <laughs> but then she also said, because I said, hey, let me know if you have any, you know, any questions I can ask. And she said, um, but one of the things that was really neat was she said, so she said, Brian worked in the Looney Tunes shorts at Real Effects, so he knows how far things can be pushed. Even though the style was much more realistic, obviously talking about Tempest, she said he still wanted to push the camera past the breaking point. Whole scenes were engineered to make the shot just right. And so that's kind of why I wanted to also talk about that part about the Looney Tunes short, because now you're talking about it. We kept pushing, we kept pushing, you know, we had to break things, yep. figure that out. And she was just mentioning that was part of a key thing which you were able to to implement here in the uh, teaser for Tempest. So I absolutely. think it's really, really cool. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and, and, and what's interesting is that Tempest is, is in a way it's actually a continuation of that thought process, right? Um, which I could talk about more, but you know, in, in, in Looney Tunes, we were pushing most of the characters. Mm -hmm. um, what we did in Tempest is we actually made the, the ship in particular, but we made the, the set and we, we called it a character. Okay. Um, because, we tried to do, you know, really extreme uh, focal length with the cameras, mm -hmm. and and that was that was a thing that the crew the crew the crew got nervous because of how much I, I was trying to push. <laughs> but but the th but the thing was is that what you know in Maya if you do a focal you know 
you know, if you say you're pushing a 20, right? Well, stuff starts to warp, mm -hmm. right? And, yeah. and it, it goes really fisheye. And the thing is, is that I don't, I didn't want to look fisheye. I wanted to look hand-drawn. Mm. So even though we're in CG, I wanted to push perspective the way you would push it in, in a hand-drawn animation. Okay. Not in a live action camera. Interesting. Does it make, does it make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because things actually start to break unnaturally when you're doing a, a 15 or 20 or lower, right? Mm -hmm. And so, um, so I actually wanted to keep the lens at more like a, you know, a 35 or 40, mm -hmm. but, then, but then actually shape everything around to push perspective. That's cool. Yeah. Very cool. Well, let's segue into Tempest then. If okay. you, I know you're still kind of short on time here. Um, are you okay? Yeah, I'm good. We're good. Okay. Okay. So where did the, okay, hang on, let's back up here. So in regards to brazen animation, um, your goal kind of leaving real effects was to be able to do what you normally, what you love to do yeah. in a new environment. What was, yeah. how did that, um, cause here obviously real effects is doing well. Mm -hmm. uh, Book of life was a very neat uh, project. What was it that you were really trying to accomplish here at brazen? Absolutely. So I, um, you know, I, I'm, so I'm a Christian and, there, there, there are, um, and I don't want to get too preachy, so because that's actually not what I want to do here. But I, let me just say that I, I feel like that I, um, I have certain talents that I've been given, mm -hmm. and I feel like um, going back to what I said about my, my childhood is that I, I've been exposed um, to entertainment and film and things like that for a very long time. And I feel like that um, I've been prepared to do this, right? Like I've been prepared to tell stories and, um, and in this case, do animation and do film. And I feel, I, I feel like I should use these talents that I've been given to do good things. Very cool. Right? Yeah, yeah. And, and, um, and tell, tell good stories that uplift the spirit and that touch people and it means something and they're, they're deeper, right? Mm -hmm. And I, you know, not, not to demean anything that anyone else does, um, but I'll just say that, you know, I think you would agree a lot of entertainment, kids entertainment, it's fairly meaningless. Um, it's, it's, it's fluffy. Now there, there are films that have good messages mm -hmm. certainly. Um, but they're not really, even if they have a good message, they kind of stay very surface level. Right. Right. Gotcha. And, and I feel like animation in particular has the opportunity to really push storytelling even far beyond than what we've done so far mm. um, to, and, and not to make it adult per se. I mean, people like assume that, well, Oh, if you want to push it that deep, that means it's a very adult. That's not necessarily the case. I think right. kids actually understand a lot more um, than we give them credit for. Exactly. For right. sure. For sure. And so, um, so being a Christian, feel like, feeling like I've been given a certain amount of talent um, to do things and wanting to tell certain kinds of stories um, even though I was in a, in a position, a certain position at real effects, real effects has its own vision for, for what they want to do. Mm -hmm. Right. And, um, and, and it wasn't necessarily what I wanted to do. And so, you know, finding my partners, you know, I partnered up, um, um, you know, at brazen and starting brazen again, very difficult as you know, to, to start up a studio right. and to do service work and, and, you know, we don't have an investor. So, it's like, okay, well, we're going to let the service work pay for what we really want to do. Right. Right. And, um, and now it, it doesn't mean that we 
are neglecting our, our clients, right? It's I mean, to bring out quality work here. Absolutely. And, it, yeah. and in fact, as much as possible, try to push uh, some of the, the more meaningful stuff into that work. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, so from the very beginning, we started recruiting from all over, you know, we recruited from schools, we recruited from Disney and uh, DreamWorks and ILM and ha- having a good mix mash of, really, you know, juniors fresh out of school, really, really talented junior level people. Mm-hmm. And then, and then senior level people, I think that was the, the key sort of in us trying to push the quality level, quality level as fast as we could. Gotcha. Right. Um, but, but also having very specific core values for the company. Mm-hmm. Right. So we, we have core values like autonomy and accountability and they all work together. Right. Mm-hmm. Autonomy, accountability, passion, um, boldness, uniqueness. We like to celebrate people's uniquenesses. Um, Very cool. Um, we have one that's more recent. Uh, it's grit. Oh, cool. Okay. And okay. And so grit, the interesting thing about grit is that, um, when things get difficult or hard, right, your ability to persevere, your, nice. your ability to push through and keep going. And what we found is, is that, um, we didn't always have, you know, early on, maybe we didn't always have, um, people that we had recruited that, that had that, mm-hmm. right? Like when, when things got hard, it was like, wow, this is just too hard. Um, it's hard to build a company, man. Yeah. It, it is, it's, it's, it's difficult, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so, and so, um, the interesting thing that, that I've found is that, you know, are some of the senior people that have come to us, they've already kind of been there and done that. You know, they've, they've worked on 10 films and they've, they've already done that. Mm-hmm. And so they're really excited about a place like Brazen because they want to be part of the building. Gotcha. Yeah. Right? They're like, man, I, I, I want to help build this company. I want to be part of the long term. I want to. Right. Very cool. Um, yeah. Whereas, as you know, like people maybe at a school, their thought is, oh, I just want to work at Pixar or I just, they, they want to go ahead and go work at those, those places, which is awesome. It's fantastic. It's just, right. um, I, I want, so it's not always an easy road to get there. Exactly. And right. I, I, I want people that want to be with us, frankly, for the long term. Very cool. Yeah. Right. And, mm-hmm. and, and grow with us. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm very, having the experience that I had at Real Effects where I came in as an unpaid intern mm. and I had a chance to grow with the company. I actually desire that for other people. Very cool. Right? Yeah. And that's a, that's a very neat thing, particularly in the animation community um, where things can kind of get shift around and things. So it's, it's neat mm-hmm. to see a company like yours where you're wanting to make that uh, a, a place home, you know, where people can grow and use their talents and, and develop them there. So that's very, very cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, so it's, it's, it's exciting. And it's, it's, um, it is, again, I'm, I'm very upfront and open. Uh, when, when we're trying to recruit, it's like, look, this is why you're here or this is why, why you should come here. This is um, these core values we expect people to exhibit. Mm-hmm. In fact, in fact, they're on the wall. Um, they're 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 represented by you know Iggy is our mascot. Yeah, yeah, I've seen him. Very cool. And, and so they're represented as you know Iggy represents these core values on the wall. So for example, you know Martin Luther King Jr. Iggy version is boldness, uh-huh. right? Uh-huh. Um, um, Queen Elizabeth is autonomy, uh-huh. right? <laughs> Abraham Lincoln is accountability. Leonardo da Vinci is a uh, passion. Very cool. Right? Charlie, uh-huh. Cha- Charlie Chaplin is uniqueness. <laughs> so these are all on your website too. I saw those. Yes. Real yes. quick. Plug your website. Uh, www.brazenanimation.com. All right. So yeah, check those out. There's a nice little flow of uh, Iggy in these different uh, 
caricatures of uh, yes. or representations of those. So yeah, representations. Yeah. So we so we 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 use those to hire people. We use those actually to do reviews. Mm. So people literally get ranked on how well do you exhibit uh, passion? Very how, cool. How well do you exhibit autonomy? How well do you exhibit you know boldness? Mm. Um, and collab- collaboration. By the way, collaboration is the Wright brothers. Okay. Okay. Very nice. So, uh, so it's, it's, it's how I do you exhibit these things? Um, and unfortunately, fortunately we can, uh, we've gotten some really great people exhibit all of them. And, uh, unfortunately some people, uh, haven't exhibited all of them. Right. So for example, grit is Jackie Robinson. Okay. Right. Never given up. Uh huh. And we've actually had to, you know, people that didn't exhibit grit didn't unfortunately make it all the way through. So, gotcha. That's, do you know what I mean? It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's a very specific vision. Our, our vision is very specific. Our core values are very specific. Um, what we're doing is very purposeful uh-huh. as is this type of storytelling that we want to tell. Well, one of the things I like that I'm hearing is, it, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like there's obviously a great environment for growth and not mm-hmm. just in regards to being a, a smaller studio to long-term, but as far as artists are concerned, Yes. but also a very challenging environment. Yes. Which is good because that's the part how you get growth. It's not right. by taking it easy. It's by being challenged. And, and Absolutely. You mentioned there at uh, your early days at Real Effects where you're going, hey, look, I got to make this. There's no way else around that. It wasn't by sitting around. It was by working hard, you know? Exactly. Right. And, and so it, what's funny about the grit, again, not, not to harp on that any, anymore, but the grit being a core value is that I assumed that grit was a given, right? It's kind of it's like honesty or integrity right you think that you think that you should not have to make that a core value because grit should be it should be a given Mm -hmm. um but it's not um it's 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 unfortunately not and so you have to look for people that have that that Mm -hmm. have that type of perseverance to keep pushing through yeah 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 very cool okay so now uh where did the idea for tempest come from so originally tempest was actually um it was a small idea. It was, it was, we want to tell this really cool story about this captain, but it was mostly just an animation test in the beginning. Okay. Um, in fact, it was, so. um, it was, I'll have to go back to explain this. So, you know, when we launched Brazen, um, we didn't have, you know, a, a, a character TD. Um, we didn't have, um, we didn't, we hadn't had it. We didn't have an assembled CG team yet fully. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, now our animators have to be able to do both 2d and 3d. It's actually a requirement to work at Brazen. You, you have to be able to do both 2d animation and 3d animation. Okay. And so now some people come in and they're a little better at one or the other, and then they have to essentially train to get their skill up. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, in the beginning, we're like, okay, we want to kick the studio off and, you know, we really want to um, do something cool. So we did that, that Iggy, that initial Iggy brand animation and we did it all 2D because, partly because we didn't have the ability to do a lot of CG okay. at first. <laughs> well, it's a necessity. We, exactly. So, <laughs> so, so we, so we launched the studio with that, with that 2D piece. Mm. And people loved it. And then, you know, like the different publications picked it up and hey, you know, new studios launched and that sort of thing. Very cool. And well, of course, what did we start getting? More 2D. 2D work. Gotcha. Right. And and so it was so crazy because, you know, we were obviously hiring more people and growing, but we're getting all this 2D work and we weren't getting a lot of CG work. 
And uh, I was like, man, this is bizarre because we have all these CG people here, right? Uh-huh. And, 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 you know, you tell clients, you say, well, um, well, you know, look at our resumes and look what we've done. And like, yeah, we know what you did at XYZ studio, but what have you done together? Right. And that's, and that's, that's a lot of times what you'll hear is like, well, that's great that you did this on this, this place, or you worked on this film, but what have, what have you done together? Why did you find that was important with the, for the client? They, well, you know, especially in adver- the advertising world, mm-hmm. um, advertising agencies, you know, you work with a lot of advertising agencies and they're representing their clients, which will usually be the corporations, right? Like commercials and stuff like that. Well, the creative directors at the advertising agencies get really skittish uh, and, and conservative about offering up new studios that aren't proven. Okay. Okay. Quote unquote. Be- yeah. Right. Because, because they have to then, they have to then go present their, those, those portfolios or those, those demo reels um, to their clients. So let's just, I'll, I'll just use an example. Let's just say it's, um, let's say you're, excuse me, you're working with an agency that represents like McDonald's. And so um, there's a huge commercial, you know, CG commercial coming out that they want to do. They would need to go find a studio to do it. They're going to have to go present McDonald's with three studios. Usually it's, it's three to choose from. Well, more, more often than not, they're going to choose the one that has done the most stuff and has been around the longest. And gotcha. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I got you now. Okay. So, um, so it's quite a, it's quite a hurdle to, to overcome, uh, in that regard. So, mm-hmm. um, so we felt the need to, okay, well let's do, let's do a really cool CG test and it'll just be an acting test. But as we got into it, the story grew and then it became, well, this, um, you know, this, this old captain has, you know, uh, he's lost his, his wife, his wife, he's lost his son. Um, he's lost everything in his life. And then it became as, as we again grew the story, it was like, well, this is the kind of story we'd want to tell as a studio anyway. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and his pride has caused him to lose everything in his life. Mm. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and so it's like, well then his, what, what is this pride? Well, what does this pride represent? Oh, this monster represents his pride mm. and he's actually battling himself. Gotcha. Right. And so, um, so that, that whole story started to just grow mm. and, and then it became, okay, well, what was he like as a, as a kid? So, and this stuff that you guys haven't seen yet, but you know, the film, the film, cause there's a, now there's a film there, right? Yeah. The film is, you know, him as a little boy and him as a young man and eventually get to him as an old man. And so, um, it's, it's basically his entire, it's his life story. And so, um, uh, so it's like, okay, well this is cool. So now this has turned into a teaser for a film is what it's turned into. Mm-hmm. And we really need to flesh that out. And, um, and it was like, well, you know, rather than spend, you know, cause we worked on it two years, roughly, um, off and on, you know, we fit, fit it in between service projects yeah. or, or, you know, commercials and things like that. Um, and of course it wouldn't have taken as long, but it became very ambitious because we wanted to show, we wanted to show this monster. We wanted to, we wanted to really do some cool stuff with water. That was amazing um, by the way. Appreciate it. Thank you. That, very, that very the, cool. the, the effects team is, is amazing. And, <laughs> the, and, and, you know, and, and the animators, and I don't know if you, if you saw that, but the animators working with the effects team mm-hmm. 
um, that was very important to allow the animators to sort of, we, we wrote plugins to go between Houdini and Maya okay, and tools so that the animators could actually help push the shapes. And then that would then push into Houdini. They would sim using what the animators had done. If they needed changes, they would push it back to animation. So basically it became this animator effects collaboration. Okay. Okay. Um, and then of course the animators are doing pencil tests to, to begin the whole thing with as reference. Right. Okay. So, um, so ev everything by the way is always, pen we pencil test everything. We'll okay. do, we'll, we'll pencil test like ropes, um, hair, uh, ja you know, jackets, cloth. We'll, we'll pencil test everything that moves in the shot mm. in the beginning. And, um, and then I'll approve that. Like I'll give notes on that and then I'll approve that. And then that's becomes the main reference that the animators use as they move into CG animation. What's your guys' so, application of choice? If you don't mind me asking for uh, 2d stuff. 2d. So for, for more like, like television style, uh, tomb boom. Okay. Right. From really fluid stuff, like really, really nice fluid is TV paint. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Just curious. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, uh, I went on a tangent there. I lost my thought. Uh, so you basically test for all these, these things. Pencil, oh, pencil test for all these things. And so we really wanted to push the, the water, the look, um, the lighting, um, how far we could push the, the set or the, in this case, the ship uh -huh. to push the compositions, right? Cause we wanted these really straight, you know, the, the ship itself is, is, is a, a really a fairly small ship, but it, to get this force perspective, we actually had to stretch it out and, pose it and tweak it and um and so and then and then to figure out how to get the wood to work when we're stretching oh uh, yeah with the textures and the stuff textures huh? and stuff right so, yeah so that those didn't break um and again just to push the animation um it, it's hard to tell because it's not quite as cartoony animation wise as uh looney tunes mm -hmm. but if you saw the rigs again if you saw the rigs like you went in mine looked the stuff is i mean our, our captain characters pushed and stretched all over the place. And, um, that's so funny. Cause yeah, you don't notice it like that, but right. I can see where your background with Looney Tunes is coming into play so that you can push these things like that. Right. Yeah. If it's so, not going to be Looney Tunes animation, it's being pushed for your purpose of the cameras and things like that. Huh? Exactly. Right. Very cool. Yep. Absolutely. So now Katie had mentioned that you had a particular look and style. Where, where was that developed? I know you mentioned, um, that your mom was, a. uh, had classical literature as yep. a teacher. I know, I think on either the making of or something that I'd read that it had a kind of a, that Moby Dick, Moby Dick. feel, yep. uh, which is really cool. So that's just neat to see that classical literature kind of come into play here, which is awesome storytelling, obviously. But yeah, what helped shape the, the, the visual look for this, uh, this teaser? Um, so it's, as you would imagine, it's that it's very theatrical in, mm -hmm. in the way it looks. It's um, the use of lighting, the use of lighting is mood. I don't know if you, if, if, if you're familiar with a lot of a theater, but you know, the use of lighting mood, um, in a, in a theater, you'll have the strip of lights and you'll change the mood from scene to scene quickly with the way that the lights are used in theater. And even though it's a CG animation, I wanted to do some of that. Mm -hmm. So for example, there's a lot of symbolism that I hope people at least subconsciously get mm -hmm. right. So for example, you know, when he comes out of the, his quarters. Well, let me actually go back, back up when he's in his quarters, there's this idea of, of, of light versus darkness, right? Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's the good part of him versus this bad part of him, this, this pride, this scent, 
right? Mm-hmm. And so he is now going to do battle against his pride. Right. And so he's, that's why we, we push the, all the lighting. You know, when we first start, we see the candle and he's carrying the candle and he mm-hmm. sets it down. So there's this lighting and then he's backlit with the light and he's going to meet, he's going to the darkness. Gotcha. Yeah. To, to meet his monster, his, his monster. Right. right. And so, um, so we wanted to play with that, like throughout the entire, you know, as, as he's marching his way up to get to the very tip, you know, to face him face to face. Um, we wanted to play with that the entire way through about the way we use the lighting that he's going from the light and the light to dark. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. Now you mentioned, uh, grit. What was some of the challenging aspects of this teaser here that you learned that, uh, the team had to learn as they kind of went along this process? Absolutely. Cause so, it's a three year process. I think you mentioned, or I read somewhere or- two, two, two year We you know, we start thinking about it probably three years ago, but really it was, it was two years. And then the majority of it happened in the last nine months. Right. Like, like we really picked it up right. the last nine months. Um, so in fact, we had to do some very interesting things production wise. And this is, this speaks to your question. Um, so before we were trying to just fit it in, meaning we would like, you know, uh, people would finish a project, they roll off of a commercial, and then as soon as they were done, they would jump on to Tempest. Was you would imagine, you know, if, if someone's on a project for, let's say, a month and a half, that really slows down progress. Right. So what we talked to the crew about was uh, something more along the lines of splitting their time in such a way that would be like, say, let's say they would, they would work on uh, the commercial that they're working on part of the day, you know, said the majority of the day. And then at the end of the day, they would work on Tempest. And what that allowed for is for us to, even if it was incremental, it's still moving. Huh? It's still moving. Nice. It's not, it's not stopped. And then trying to pick back up where you were, you know, two months ago. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and so, and then as much as possible, we would actually try to, of course, uh, dedicate people. Right. So, you know, this animator, Hey, we, we need him to focus for now. We're going to move some stuff around. And, and my, the producer's amazing. Her, her name's Jasmine Johnson. Jasmine got her start at Disney and then she was at real effects. And then she's with us now. Mm. And she's, she's our head of production. She was a producer on Tempest and she's amazing. She is, um, I, I just can't tell you how unbelievable she is. She's, she, she is able, she is charged with making sure our intellectual property always moves forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, she will move stuff around and she's working, you know, tasks and okay, I need you focused here. Okay. Now, now I need you off of that. I need you on this. And that's one of the things, you know, we tell people coming in, it's like, look, you may not be dedicated on one project Mm -hmm. for a long period of time. Um, in order to move our IP forward, you're going to have to like juggle a little bit your tasks. Mm. And so, um, Again, we try to protect people as much as we can and we try to make sure that they don't get burnt out, right? But it's 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 that that was that was the realization of of why it picked up over the last month or last uh, nine months, excuse me. Is gotcha. that is that it was we were just making very slow incremental progress on it until we said, Okay, hold on, let's think about this in a different way. And once we did that, it became like, Okay, let's go. Mm. So that that was that was really cool. And you know, I'll say that the artists have said that it's really great because they'll say work on a, a commercial 
and they can't wait to get back to <laughs> pick up where they left off at. Pick up where they left off. And nice. so it's, it's, so it's, it's almost like a reward in a way, right? Mm-hmm. In, in that regard, it's like, it's like they're working on this. And, and again, we have some really challenging commercial work that we've done, but it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's all relative to, you know, it's, yeah. it's all relative to what they're doing um, and what they're working on at the time. So, yeah. um, so that's, that's been really fantastic. And so Very we've, cool. We've, we've done Tempest. Um, we've done, uh, we've developed three television shows. Um, um, we have, uh, a short film, um, that we're, that we're working on now. Um, so, you know, a big part of our goal is, as a studio is to be kind of like an incubator. Um, it, it's very difficult to build a huge production studio. It, it's difficult to keep everyone fed, right? Yeah. Um, when, when there's so many people, and especially if, if you're still trying to do service work, and this is what I experienced, you know, uh, before my career is that, you know, if you have 500 people, that means you have to have big enough projects and enough of them that you are, and they're overlapped enough that you're keeping everyone busy yeah, yeah. all the time. And that's very difficult to do. Mm-hmm. Very difficult to do. So, um, so that was also part of the, the, the goal with Brazen is to, we want to tell these stories and create these, this intellectual property, these intellectual properties. Um, and we want to be able to, you know, partner with people. We want to, you know, build, build, raise money. Um, but really it's be seen as a truly creative studio mm. and, and an incubator of ideas. Gotcha. Right. And, um, and for people actually on, even on the service side to come to us for that, like, Hey, we want you to, we want you to help us tell our story. Nice. Yeah. Very and cool. And so that's, that's a, our goal, you know, how big we get, I don't know, to be honest, I, I, I'm not going to say how large we'll be. Um, but the goal is not to be a huge, massive production studio. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's really to, to stay relatively small and to be really nimble and, um, and be able to work on just really amazing things and tell stories that we want to tell. Awesome. Now, one of the things I loved about the teaser was it was very well received in the animation community. And so that was very, very cool. Uh, what were you hoping to accomplish with the teaser? I mean, was there any short-term goals or any long-term goals? Is there something you, I mean, and again, share as uh, you feel permitted. Absolutely. Uh, but what, what was your, what was your goals in getting this out there? Absolutely. So obviously, um, it, as I said earlier, it became a great opportunity to tell the stories, the kind that we want to tell, mm-hmm. right? Um, that have, that are much deeper. Um, that was actually a big part of why we put that, that, that 2d section in the middle okay. with the flip book. Uh-huh. It's like, okay, we've got to be able to tell at least a little bit of his backstory here. Um, and, and show that there's something deeper going on here with him. You know, his, uh, you know, he, he lost his father. Um, he, 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 again, I don't want to tell too much of the story, but he, he, he ends up doing what his father did to him, you know, that sort of thing. And Uh so, um, um, and so really try to tell some of that, that, that stuff that a lot of people can relate to. Right. I mean, there, there, a lot of people have lost their fathers have have walked out on their left them or they were raised by, you know, a single parent or no parents or what have you. Right. And so there's there's a lot of that, that that I wanted to talk about and touch on. Um, even though it was a small, teaser. Mm-hmm. So again, the point was to, to, te- to truly tease it, to get people interested in it, um, and to help them see at least a little bit about what we're about as a studio. Very cool. Right. Yeah. And, um, and then, and really to, to also show off 
as I said earlier, I wanted to show off the talent that we have because mm-hmm. right? I, I feel like we have some really, really talented people. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that teaser definitely proved that for sure. I appreciate it. Thank um, you. Yeah, I think the things that really stood out to me was obviously the, the not just the effects in, in the water monster. Uh, does it have a character name or is it just – what did you refer to it? I guess let me ask you that. I mean, for for now, for now, and you know, I probably said too much already. Uh, but let's just call him Pride. We'll just call okay. Him Pride for now. So yeah. Pride um, was not just the effects, but the the actual look. It looked like that kind of um, that two D almost. Uh, I guess, for lack of a better term, um, the, the thing that kind of now just comes to mind. But the uh, uh, Fantasia kind of monster yep. type deal, you know? Yep, absolutely. Uh, so. That was- that was that was that what we looked at yeah not, okay. not on ball mountain yeah we we looked at that that was truly inspiration for okay that, yeah. and it's funny because that just now came to me not not when i first saw it but just that yeah. idea it, it felt very caricatured right. even in that style um but also obviously the 2d stuff was very very phenomenal uh the lighting was great so just it was a neat mix to kind of see everything come together though in a, in a really solid way to tell a story so um I appreciate it. thank you very much yeah absolutely um now this can be on or off the record. I don't know. Uh, it's one of these things you said. I'm, I don't know if I said too much. Uh, that being a teaser, is it something that can future is going to be in production, or is that what you're trying to do? Or yeah. So so uh, something really cool is 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 um, already we're starting to get contacted by by people who want to make it into a film. Awesome. So that's, so that's really cool. That's uh, great. Yeah. Um, so that's. You know, I didn't think that would that happen that soon, but literally it was the next day. The next day we, we started getting emails. So uh, that's awesome. So so that so that that's really cool. Now I don't. Again, we haven't had the, all the the meetings yet and that sort of thing. Right, um, right. But um, but um, you know, we'll just see what happens, right? Yeah. We'll just we'll see what happens, and um, um, of course, it's put even more pressure on making sure that that the film will be ready to go, right? Nice. Um, and so so that's great. We're we are, like I said, we're always working on pitches and stories and, uh, you know, something like this happening. If, if this gets accelerated, of course, it will push our focus even more so on it. Right. Right. Um, but, um, but yeah, man, I, I would love, you know, I, I, I would love to make this film. Mm-hmm. And, um, and again, like I said, I don't know if that means that we, we swell as a studio to make it ourselves. You know, we're, we're, we're very small. So, um, it will be difficult for us to probably scale to make a feature film that quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, but certainly if, you know, if we have production partners we work with, you know, other, other large studios um, that maybe we can creatively oversee it. Gotcha. But, but, th- but then work with a larger studio that has all the production facilities and, you know, man- manpower. Gotcha. So, yeah. Gotcha. Very cool. Um, anything else you want to share with us before we close? I know we've been going here for a little bit and I be uh, sensitive to your time here, but, uh, uh, I don't know. I, I just, I really appreciate, you know, these are great questions and I appreciate you having me, uh, on today. And, um, man, it's just, it's just really, it's a blessing. I, I tell people having a studio, um, it, it's very, very difficult. Mm-hmm. It's one of the most difficult things that I think you can do but it's so rewarding. It is so um, unbelievably, um, I come to work every day excited, mm. right? Um, about what we could do and, and what stories we can tell and uh, what we can do with technology. 
you know, uh, even though we do have a small team, we, we've got some talented people that can really push some stuff mm. and just, you know, techniques that we can try. I just, I just, I, I'm just so thankful um, for, for the opportunity to be able to do this, man. I just, awesome. can't, I just can't tell you. <laughs> well, it sounds like that. We'll definitely appreciate your time and, and all the best to the success there at Brazen Animation. So. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it to you too also. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you.